Well, good evening. I'd like to welcome everyone that's watching online. Uh, it's good to have you uh, watching with us. I, I think that there might be a few people that uh, maybe Frank might be watching online tonight. And, and I want to give a, a shout out to Sandra. That's right. Hello, Sandra. Uh, she took, Sandra sits right over here and she, she's faithful. She's always with us at Bible study. And she took a fall. She, uh, she slipped or got caught up in her, I think her driveway somewhere in the front yard and went down and uh, was bruised and banged up a bit. So, but I think she's okay. Oh, she has a fractured foot. Well, I'm glad she didn't hit her head that, that, or break a hip or something. So anyway, she's, she's not well, but she's okay. So she, welcome tonight. I hope you're watching from home, Sandra. Um, so I, uh, Hi, Phyllis. Good to see Phyllis here tonight. Wonderful to have you tonight. There's a, it's, it's neat to see uh, everyone out. I know there's people traveling right now. In fact, um, Pastor Greg had just returned in from a, a long, he had a wonderful family vacation. All of the kids went up, you know, the grandkids and, the, and the, they had this gang of people up in this cabin in Georgia, and they had a wonderful time, but I can say it was not really a restful time though it was a nice time. So he's kind of resting and laying low this week. Uh, obviously, uh, he'll be uh, leading the funeral on uh, Bill's Celebration of Life on Saturday and as well as preaching on Sunday. And I think Marshall did a wonderful job this past weekend if you were at church. He did a great job bringing the word, and uh, we love that. So, um, so there are some things to celebrate as well. Uh, Katie had her baby, Katie Surrett, and we're excited. It's a baby boy, right? And what was his name, Grant? Grant Dave, we're so excited about that. And then also, uh, Brianna had her son, had a boy, had a daughter. <laughs> they were expecting a son, and now they have a daughter. So that was interesting. Yeah, they were expecting a son, so I wasn't, wasn't 100% off there. Uh, and then we, uh, we know that um, Sammy is, is going to be induced, perhaps. She has been put on bed rest or hospital-bound to get her blood pressure down. This is uh, Ani's daughter, and so we want to keep her in our prayers as she kind of enters this, are they going to do something early? Yes, yeah. a little bit early. So let's keep her in our prayers. Um, so, but that's exciting. We have two new additions and soon to be a, a third addition to the church body. Um, let's continue to pray for Jackie as she, uh, we begin to look at Saturday for the Bill's celebration of life. Um, I texted her briefly today and she said she's doing okay. And I don't know what okay means, but sometimes it's you know, it's, we have good days and bad days. Um, we want to continue to pray for Phyllis. For you. How are you doing, Phyllis? Good days and bad days. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and that's to be expected. Good, good. So glad to have you here tonight. Yes. Um, and we also do want to remember Steve. Um, Steve uh, Staples. Uh, he's, uh, I believe he's going to be well taken care of. His kids have come around him and they're going to be putting him uh, uh, in a nice facility. I'm not sure if it's here or there, but, uh, but he's well taken care of uh, as far as I know. And so, uh, but let's kind of continue to keep Phyllis and Jackie and Steve in our prayers uh, as they kind of move forward. This is where the church begins to come alongside. You know, when the family departs and leaves and eventually people trickle out, that's when the church steps up and that's when the church make sure people can get places and have things. And that's kind of what we want to always remember uh, because that's how the church serves. So, um, well, let's go ahead and just open with prayer tonight and then we'll kind of dive right in, okay? Father God, we, uh, we, we lift up your name tonight, Lord. We, we're so grateful to be here. Lord, we're uh, so grateful to have Phyllis with us tonight. Father, uh, what a faithful servant of yours, Lord. And we, uh, we pray for 
Phyllis and, and Jackie and, and Steve, Lord, as they, uh, as they uh, enter a new stage of life, Father. And we ask you to be with them and comfort them in the good days and in the bad days, Lord. Uh, we uh, pray for um, uh, Sammy, who is uh, expecting uh, soon. And, and that, well, Lord, we ask that you uh, have the do- help the doctors to manage her. And uh, uh, if it's blood pressure or whatever it is, Lord, that uh, your hand will be all over them and they'll know, have the wisdom to know what to do. And things will go beautifully with that, Father. Uh, Lord, tonight we, um, we also want to lift up Sandra who has a fractured foot, Lord, that took a spill, or we're grateful that it was nothing worse, but in, in any case, it's, it's, uh, it keeps her from being here tonight, but we're so thankful that she's able to uh, watch online, Lord. Uh, be with us tonight as we open your word and study your word, Father, that you will, again, your Holy Spirit will illuminate this text for us, that we may learn and grow from your word. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. All right, well, by way of introduction tonight, I always like to try to give an overview of what is occurring and what's going on in the chapter. And quite frankly, we're still in chapter 15. It's been, I think, is this the third week, I think, of being in chapter 15? I think it is, yeah. So for those of you who are paying attention. (laughs) um, But this this chapter is interesting in that Asa, we go through these kings that were horrible and they were evil. But Asa comes along, and it's like this breath of fresh air. He uh, was, uh, in fact, if I, if I quote what it says here, he says, uh, and Asa did, this is from verse 11, was, was right in the eyes of the Lord. Sorry, go ahead and open up chapter 15, just in case you didn't know where we were. Uh, Asa did what was right in the sight of the Lord. So as David did. So we have someone that comes along, a king who is uh, one of the good ones, one that gives the, the nation a bit of uh, hope per se, in this long, treacherous journey of these kings. So the interesting thing about it, though, is there's last week we looked at the word nevertheless, because even though he was a man, again, that was chasing after God's heart, as David was, he was not perfect. And so there's a lot of comfort in this passage to us as believers where we look and see a, a person like this who did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, and yet still we'll see in this chapter as we continue, had some failures. And so I think it's important to understand that even as believers, as we walk through our lives and we are, we are forgiven, we are counted as righteous, but we still make mistakes. We still have good days and bad days. I was talking to someone before Bible study tonight, and she said, it's been one of those weeks. And sometimes when it's one of those weeks, I've got to watch my mouth. I've got to watch what I do. And it's so true because we can easily, I, I, and I'm raising my hand, I've done it. I do the same thing. You know, we're, we've got a, uh, a big event coming up, you know, a wedding and, and things can get really, you know, I'm just going to leave it right at that, you know, and things can happen where it's like, well, and things get stressful. And so, uh, but we're all human. And I think this passage that we're going to look at tonight really shows the humanity of King Asa, who was someone whose heart was truly after God, but was not perfect. And so that's kind of where we want to look at. So let's recap a little bit. Um, King King Asa becomes a king of Judah. Uh, We know this, Um, but there's two things that occur uh, that occurred the last week we looked at this and this week. So if you're taking notes, uh, I don't know that I really have a title for this other than God is merciful because we're not perfect or something along those lines. And so uh, there's two things that Asa did, even though he was right 
in the mind of, in, in the eyes of God, two things that he did during that, that are recorded anyway, that were not favorable, that God did look down on, okay, even though he was in the end judged rightly and, and judged as, as, as good. So two things, the first thing is he failed to remove the high places. We saw that last week he did go through and he cleaned house uh, from the prior uh, king and he, he, did, he, he made things right and correct. Uh, the second thing though that we're going to look at this week this, is that he simply went out on his own power and made some political moves on his own without, without conferring, consoling with the Lord. And so those are two major things that we see in, 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 the, in King Asa that happened that really show that he was not perfect. But again, as I said before, it was, it's almost reassuring to know that even though someone is not perfect, that God still counted him as, as, as a good king and, and someone after his own heart. So what I want to do is I want to back up a little bit. What's interesting is that it, it, there's a backstory here that we didn't quite get in the Kings. And there's a parallel passage that occurs in the Chronicles. And we see sometimes at the end of the chapter, it says, and he slept with his fathers, which means he died. And then all of his activities or whatever are recorded in the book of Chronicles, is it not so? Or something like that. Well, if we dig down a little deeper from Kings here, we want to see a little bit of the backstory. I think it might be uh, of value tonight to see what actually occurred prior to him doing the right thing. And the right thing was, remember, he, he came and he, he removed the, the, the male prostitutes. He removed the idols. He removed the idol that his mother created to, to, for this Canaanite worship. And then he also replenished the house of the Lord with, with the, 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 the goods, the, uh, the, the beautiful things, the, uh, the, the, uh, the gold and the silver and the things that are for the adornments, I should say. And so he did those, those major things. But I want to look real quickly at the backstory of what occurred prior to that, because we didn't find it in the Kings, but we will find it in 2 Chronicles. So again, hold your place here at Kings 15, and I'd ask if you turn to 2 Chronicles, which is the four, go kind of forward a few after Kings, for for St. Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, and let's go to, uh, let's go to verse 15. Yeah, that's a, sorry, chapter, chapter 15, verse 1. Good question. There we go. So let's go to 2 Chronicles 15, and we're going to go to verse 1. All right. Now, if you look back at chapter 14 here, 14 is just prior, and then we get in 15, but... What happens is, in fact, let me just pause for one moment and just fill you in because it kind of hops, it seems like it hops around a little bit, but it wasn't that King Asa immediately on day two of his kingship did the right things right away. There was actually something that happened. There was a 10-year period of peace, but there was also a battle that occurred. Okay, so, but we're going to kind of put that on hold for a moment. The battle does tie in, but I want to jump and show you what happened right before he did all the good things. So we're going to remain in chapter 15, 2 Chronicles, and let's just kind of read from there. Chapter 15, verse 1, it says, The Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded, and he went out to meet Asa and said to him, Hear me, Asa. 
and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. For a long time, Israel was without a true God and without a teaching priest and without a law. But when in distress, they turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and sought him, he was found by them. In those times, there was no peace to him who went out or to him who came in. For great disturbances afflicted all the inhabitants of the lands. They were crushed and broken in pieces. Nation was crushed by nation and city by city. For God troubled them with every sort of distress. Look at verse 7 here. But take courage. Do not let your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. So it, basically what's going on is that Azariah, who was the son of Oded, was basically prophesying, giving word, giving an encouraging word to King Asa. And that's what happened right before Asa did the good things. So I kind of wanted, I saw that as I was kind of going back and forth. And so just to give you a bigger picture, uh, this is like King, the King's uh, text is almost like the narrative is almost like a Reader's Digest. Whereas this actually here in the Chronicles gives us a lot more detail. So we go, oh, that, okay, I see what happened. That makes a bit more sense of what occurred. Now look, look what it says here in verse six or verse uh, eight. As soon as Asa heard these words, the prophecy of Azariah, the son of Oded, he took courage and put away the detestable idols of the land of Judah and Benjamin from the cities that he had taken in the hill country of Ephraim and repaired the altars. And it goes on and on and on in front of the vessel. So it talks about, and as it continues through there, through, through, the, through the remainder of chapter 15, it talks about every single one of the things he did that was right in the eyes of the Lord that corrected the nation, right? But it was from an, it wasn't, well, I mean, God used the prophet to encourage, to speak through, and that gave Asa the courage and the, 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 the resolute nature to do what he did. So it was kind of neat to see what happened. It wasn't that he just took office and started cleaning house. There was actually a backstory there, and that's the backstory. And so I think it's interesting to know that, and, and, and as I was reading this, though this is not necessarily the point of the text, but it reminded me of a parallel in our lives that when we confer and we, we have, like, you know, this past weekend, it was a good sermon. And we know there's good, when, when, when Greg preaches a good sermon and it's true to the word, which is typically always is, there's something about that. It's an encouraging thing. And it gives us courage to go and do the things we need to do. And that's sort of what's going on here. That's what happened that encouraged and bolstered Asa into doing what he did. And so I just found that to be a neat thing right there, that that's kind of the, what we didn't see in the Kings. It's more expounded on in the Chronicles. And so I just thought that was kind of a neat thing to see. So that kind of takes care of that aspect. We know the five things he did. And, I, and someone said I was going a little too fast last week and I get carried away. I'm sorry. But the five things that Asa did, I just want to remind you of those five things. If we go back quickly to uh, chapter 15 and, and First Kings, the first one he did was he removed the male prostitutes out of the land. The second thing he did is he removed all the idols. The third thing he did, because I think I ripped through this last weekend a little too fast, is that he removed his, his own mother from leadership, just kind of tore her out from her, her, her queenship, 
because she was one that was making these images and things. So he, he, he did that. Third thing was his mother. The fourth thing was that he cut down her image, uh, the thing that she created, the actual sculpture, the idol that she created, took that down. So not just the mother, but the mother's idol that she took down. And then the last thing he did is that he replenished all the sacred gifts into the temple, into the Lord's place. And so those are the five major things he did. But it's interesting to know that that didn't just occur randomly. It, I mean, it was all in God's plan. But it was interesting to see how he was encouraged and given courage by the prophet that came and, and, and talked to him and spoke to him in, in, in uh, Second Chronicles. So I thought that was an, an interesting thing to look at. Um, it, sh it sure is, again, like I said, it's, it's, it's reassuring when we hear good word from the Lord uh, through, through someone that's speaking uh, from his word directly or we're simply reading his word, we can gain courage to do things in life, to, to make dis proper decisions and to, to bolster us and to enable us. And that's the, what the word of the Lord does, whether it's spoken through a, a pastor from the, from the pulpit or if it's just something we read because we know this is God's word speaking, right? So I thought that was a neat thing. So the next thing I want to do is, is we're going to jump to Second Chron or First Chronicles. No, my bad. Second Chronicles again. But let's look at 14, chapter 14, because there's a few things I want to point out before we launch into the King's passage. So let's go to Second Chronicles and chapter 14. So let me just, instead of reading the whole thing, I'm just going to give you an overview of what happened. There was a war, a battle with the, with the, from Egypt that came up. And so uh, Asa, King Asa, which is in Judah, they had this war and battle. I'll point out a couple passages if you want to look to. In fact, uh, they looked a bit outnumbered. If you look down here in, in, in chapter 14 and verse 8, it says, And Asa had an army of 300,000 from Judah, armed with large shields and spears, and 280,000 men from Benjamin that carried shields and drew bows. All these were mighty men of valor. So we have basically a little over half a million men, 580,000 men. But then in verse 9, notice it says, Zerah, the Ethiopian, came against them with an army of a million men. So they're outnumbered by nearly, nearly double and 300 chariots. But notice what Asa does here in this battle, okay? Look at verse 11. It looks like he's outnumbered, but here's what he does. In verse 11, as, And Asa cried to the Lord his God, O Lord, there is none like you to help between the mighty and the weak. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rely on you, and in your name we have come against this multitude. O Lord, you are our God. Let no man prevail against you. What does verse 12 say? So the Lord defeated the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah and the Ethiopians fled. So that's sort of what happened prior to Asa. When he got back from that, then he had the word from the prophet and he cleaned house. But what did he do initially when he came up in the battle that you see King Asa, which is what we're going to talk about in 15, he was outnumbered. But he, what did he do first? He immediately, he didn't rely on his own strengths, his own power. He immediately just put it right at the, the feet of God and said, help us. We know you can do it. We trust you. And look what happened. 
So that's sort of kind of, a, but I want you to note what he did there because what he does in, what he does in 15 is going to be kind of in contrast to that. So, and that doesn't mean he was not a bad king. And like I said, he ended well and he was still a, a man after God's own heart. And, and it says it in here, but, but going from this to what he does and what we're going to, the text we're going to look at tonight is going to be a pretty struck contrast. And so, I, but I want you to know how he started out. They defeated and they did really well. And then he cleaned house and did, did all those wonderful things. And at that point, that's going to bring us to our text tonight, which is chapter 15. That was a backstory, chapter 15. So let's turn back to 15, right? Let's go back and forth tonight. Chapter 15 of 1 Kings, and let's kind of move forward from there. So now that we have the context and the, and the basis for this, uh, let's look at the, um, the, the passage tonight. And let me give you just an overview, because as you read these things, it's, it's really confusing sometimes. I'm going to give you the big picture of what's happening and then we're going to come back in and go and, and point out a few interesting things so you get a picture of what's happening and what's going on in the region. So basically, uh, the bad king is a Basha. I think it's Basha. He comes in later on because, like, who's Basha? But he, and they introduce him later in the chapter. He comes in and builds this sort of kind of city type of fortress type thing on the north-south. So you imagine having Jerusalem down here, down in Judah, right? But then like five or six miles above that, this bad king builds right down on the border, almost just close to the border on the major trade route, a north and south route. He builds this city-ish type of fortress type thing. He starts to build this thing that is going to disrupt the flow of all trade and all visitation from the northern area to the southern area. So it's obviously, it's a, it's a, it's a political move. It's a, it's a, you know, it's something's happening. They're positioning up. And so Asa gets a little crafty and decides to manipulate and try some things out and go his own way and do these things. And it all kind of ends out working okay. But at the same time, what did he not do in this passage? He did, there was something he didn't do. And that's what he did originally when he battled the Ethiopians is he relied and called upon the Lord and and that he kind of took matters into his own hands. So that's a synopsis of what's, what we're going to see tonight. So let me grab a drink of water, and then we're going to dig in. As if we're not digging in already. Okay, let's look at 16 here. So it's, it's chapter 15 in 1 Kings, verse 16. It says, And there was a war between Asa and Basha, king of Israel, which was the north, obviously, all their days. It's a long time. Basha, king of Israel, went up against Judah and built Ramah. Okay, now Ramah is a place I, I talked about. It's this, this area that he was creating that would block things. It says that he might permit no one to go out or to come in to, come in to King Asa, king of Judah. So that's what exactly what I was saying there. Is It's basically a, uh, what is it called when they do that? There's a, not an embargo, but a, there's something where someone can build something like when they a blockade in a way, or when they take a, a massive freighter and, and close down an entire, you know, trade route like Panama Canal or something or something. Yeah. So that's what he was doing. He was just stopping trade. He was stopping, it was a political move and it was a war and that's what he did. And that was one of the things that's highlighted in this war. So here's what he did. So then Asa, now here's, here's Asa. You would think Asa would know better. Then Asa took all, and here's him plotting and doing his own thing, took all the silver and the gold that were left in the treasures of the house of the Lord. Now, some people say, well, how did he get, if, Sol if, if the people came up from Egypt and took it all from Solomon, 
Like, how did he get it back? But if you notice, we just read prior to that is there was that battle with the Ethiopians. And what occurred in that battle is they went and they pillaged many areas in that battle and took livestock. They took everything they could, which probably included treasures, gold, all those things. And so that's how the storehouses were still, that were finally restocked, okay? So if you're wondering where that stuff came from, that's, it was from these wars that, that occurred with the Ethiopians. So there they are. So he said he took the, uh, yeah, verse 18, took all the silver and all the gold that were left in the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house and gave them into the hands of his servants. And King Asa sent them to Ben-Hadad, the son of Tabramon, or Tab, yeah, Tabramon, the son of Hezion, king of Syria, who lived in Damascus, saying, let there be a covenant between me and you as there was between my father and your father. And I, for the life of me, can't seem to find what covenant that was. It, this honestly, this whole thing is fishy. It just sounds weird. But what he's trying to do is manipulate. He's, so let's kind of continue on and look through here. So he says, behold, I am sending you a present. Okay, let's pause right there. That word present, I, there, as I look through some of the, the commentary here, uh, about this particular word. I was talking with Ani about this before. Some passages or some uh, uh, translations say gift. And it's almost like they're sort of sugarcoating this. You know, like, oh, it's just a gift. It's, a, it's something nice. It's just a, a pleasantry. Just for, but it really, um, it, it's almost as if they're not really uh, digging in and, and understanding the, the sin of what's going to happen here. So, Yes, I guess it was a gift, but it's not a gift in the way that he was doing a good thing with this gift, okay? Makes sense? Just want to make sure you understand that word present, because some people say present, some say gift, but it's a little, a, I would say bribe. There you go. So not a gift, but a bribe. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. Was it his mo They're definitely, definitely not good. So when it says present, we always think, oh, present, that's nice. Mm, okay, of silver and gold. Let's continue on here. And at the end of verse 19, go break your covenant with Basha, king of Israel, that he may withdraw from me. Now, there's two things we see immediately that are going on with King Asa. Number one, he is, well, actually three things. He's taking matters into his own hands, right? He's doing things politically instead of relying on the Lord like he did with, uh, uh, in the with battle with the Ethiopians. Instead of relying on the Lord, he actually says, well, let me just kind of go in and do things myself. So that's one thing he did. The second thing he did is basically taking things out of the storehouses of, some alarm going off, out of the storehouses of the Lord. And that's, that was not proper. That was not the right thing to do. Okay, so, so first thing is that he didn't consult the Lord as he should have, as he knew, and he knew he did before. Second thing is he took things from the, from the Lord gold and silver, and use that as bribe, as money. And that's just, that was wrong. Uh, third thing he did, if you look at the very end here, he, he is asking someone to break a covenant. Now, this, isn't, this wasn't really a, a religious covenant. It wasn't a covenant of the Lord. But nonetheless, covenants were taken very seriously in these days. So that was not a good thing. So it's, 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 he was just very manipulative in this. I don't know what happened to his brain in this because 
He's still a good king and he still did wonderful things all throughout his life, but these are a few things that he did and those are the three reasons why this event right here is wrong. And so he actually didn't do things well. He actually sinned. And, and didn't God tell not to make a covenant with other people? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That, there, there was part of that. Yes. So covenants weren't to be taken lightly because um, God had, had spoken about covenants earlier and prior and, and a couple chapters ago. That's right, Maureen. Um, so, so he's asking this. So, he, so here's, and then obviously... Smooth political move, gold and silver, all this stuff. And Ben-Hadad, verse 20, had listened to King Asa and sent the commanders of his armies against the cities of Israel and conquered Ijan, Dan, uh, Abel, Beth, Makkah, and Chinneroth with all the land of Naphtali. That's a lot. So, <laughs> so Ben-Hadad, so the, the bribe worked. Pressure came on King Basha because of what they were doing here. And when Basha heard of it, what did he do? Here's, look, look what it says in 21. He stopped building Ramah and he lived in Tirzah. Tirzah was a beautiful place. But so, so it worked. So what King Asa did through his political moves, taking improper gifts out of the Lord's house and giving them and kind of moving out on his own, while it did work, uh, there will be consequences. And unfortunately, that's what we're going to kind of see as we, as we kind of move forward here. Um, in fact, well, I don't think we're quite there yet, but let me, let's, let's continue on here. Th then King Asa, so Basha got the message, then King Asa made a proclamation to all Judah, none was exempt, and they carried away with the stones of Ramah and its timber. So in other words, all the building materials that were laid out and, you know, construction materials, they wrapped it all up and took it elsewhere, it says they took it uh, and took it with them, and King Asa built Geba of Benjamin and Mizpah. Now, it kind of concludes here. Now, the rest of the Acts, blah, blah, blah. And so we, if we were just to kind of read this part here, we would go, well, that didn't, maybe it was not that bad because it just kind of wraps the chapter up there and, and kind of ends the, the discussion on King Asa. So we're left to wonder in a way, was this really as bad as, you know, we think it is? You know, maybe it was just okay. But, however, nonetheless, there is something else. So I'm going to have you turn back <laughs> to Second Chronicles. So let's go to, four, actually, forward to Second Chronicles. Yeah, 16. That's right. You're reading ahead. You need to pay attention. Stay with me. You're getting too far ahead. Second Chronicles chapter 16. And again, this gives us a broader understanding of what really it completes the picture for us and affirms what we've talked about here. Let's look next down here at verse 7. We're going to start there. 2 Chronicles 16, verse 7. Everybody there? All right. At the time, Hanai, the seer, came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, because you relied, here's where you want to highlight, because you relied on the king of Syria and you did not rely on the Lord your God, the army of the king of Syria has escaped you. So there's one punishment right there. One, well, I wouldn't say punishment. I would just say, you know, yeah, a consequence. And, and that's where I want to kind of pause for a moment because there's a couple of points to this, this passage. You know, we, what's the takeaway of the passage? Well, I think the first one would be that when we look back at King Asa, and what happened right before 
he cleared out the storehouses and took away the idols and he did the good things, we noticed that there was someone that came with the word of the Lord that empowered and, and bolstered him and gave him courage. So that's one little lesson in this particular passage. The second lesson is that while King Asa, this is really important here, while King Asa was not perfect, he was still counted as someone who did right in the eyes of the Lord. And it's interesting to understand that, but that doesn't mean that there weren't consequences for his actions, right? So I think we know that, and that's, and that's something that we really have to understand because we can go about our Christian walk and we can, our hearts can be sincere and really dedicated to the Lord, but we're going to mess up. We're going to do things. I mean, what, if you can recall the last time you did something out on your own and you just kind of plowed through and went forward and didn't quite stop and, and, and bathe it in prayer and, and pray about something and, and seek counsel maybe from a Christian brother or stay within the word. And, and then you wonder why things just didn't go as planned or there were consequences from our actions. Well, that's kind of what's occurring here. Uh, and, and while it's kind of an interesting story about King Asa, uh, how he was good, but he did these things, it's almost reassuring in a way that if it was really up to us, we would be undone. We would be, if it wasn't for the new covenant that we have with the Lord, uh, you know, we don't have to make ritual animal sacrifices if we do something wrong or every day or all these things. We are forgiven. We are righteous. We're counted righteous as his own. Are we going to mess up? Yeah, we are. But we're still counted righteous. We ask God for forgiveness of our sins. He's faithful and just. I always say that verse to forgive us our sins and cleanse us. But there are consequences in life, though. When we make poor decisions or we go out on our own and do things or do things that are contrary to the word of the Lord, we're gonna, that's, just, that's just the nature of, of what happens and occurs. And it even talks in Hebrews, I love going to Hebrews, but uh, if we weren't disciplined by the Lord, then we wouldn't really know that we were his sons and, and, and daughters, right? So kind of what we're looking at here is, yes, King Asa was a fantastic king. He really was right in the eyes of the Lord, but he still did some yucky things. And so as we see and progress uh, through here, we'll see the things that were simply consequences of what occurred. So there, let's just wrap up chapter 7 there, or sorry, verse 7. And let's actually, let's continue. Verse 8 here of chapter 16 in Second Chronicles, it says, Were not the Ethiopians and, and the Libyans a huge army with very many chariots and horsemen? Right? We just read about that, right? There, he's, he's referring back to that action. Yet because you relied on the Lord, he gave them into your hand. So this guy's saying, remember? What, are you, what were you thinking? You know, don't you remember what the Lord did? For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support. Man, I love that. I'm going to read. I'm just going to slow down here. This is where I'm going to slow down, okay? Vicki, I'm going to slow down, all right? Let's, let me just read this. Let's just kind of saturate ourselves in this, right? That's just beautiful. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless toward him. Wow, what a great verse. That's a beautiful verse. We can rest in that. Are we 100% blameless? No, but we're under the new covenant. We have to remember that and our sins are forgiven. Let's continue on here because there's a strong, you know, it says, you have done foolishly in this. He's talking to King Asa. For now on, you will have wars. There's 
one of the major consequences right there. Syria got out of hand. From now on, you will have wars. There's the consequence for what he did right there, right? So one of them, there's going to be something else, but that's the one that's tied directly to him trying to go out on his own and do his own thing, okay? So as we can, let, and let's kind of continue on here. This is weird because kind of Asa gets kind of, his shorts are not here. Then Asa was angry with the seer. Well, people get angry when they're spoken the truth to, amen? And put him in stocks in prison, for he was in a rage with him because of this. Hmm. I don't know if he was good or not, but what, I mean, but, <laughs> but it sure sounds like he was human. And Asa inflicted cruelties upon some of the people at the same time. Well, maybe because he did all of that and didn't take it real well, let's continue on. The Acts of Asa from first to last are written in the book of the Kings in Judah and Israel. In the 39th year of his reign, I think he reigned for 41 years, we talked about last week, King Asa was diseased in his feet. And his disease became severe. Yet even in his disease, he did not seek the Lord. Here we go again. But sought help from physicians. And then he died. So, <laughs> but, you know, it just uh, uh, gets so frustrating. But, you know, overall, he was a really good king. It's just that when you do something wrong and, you, you, and he knew what to do, even though he was good, he still made some mistakes. He suffered the consequences, which were during his reign. And then perhaps because of his ire about it, maybe he was cranky in his older age. He was given gout. I think someone's, one of the commentaries says it was gout. And he, he was disabled. He could not walk his feet and legs. And, uh, and then even at that point, you would think he would go, Lord, you know, can you deliver me from this? No, he doesn't. He just goes directly to his physicians and says, fix this thing. So... What are we to take of this whole thing? This is an interesting passage, and I, I, it's confusing in a way, but again, like I said it before, it kind of gives us some sort of hope because none of us are righteous. We are in Christ's eyes, but none of us do good all the time. And even in this king who was really very close to, kind of, kind of right up there with the Mark of David, did some poor, made some poor decisions, he suffered consequences, but he was still counted as good. And so I think that was just an interesting thing. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it shows that he did. Yeah, yeah. Now, that's a good point. Um, what she said was that he was angry at himself. And I think as humans, that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Because when we're told something, when we do something wrong, and we, and we know it was wrong. It's one thing if we don't know it's wrong and we go, oh, okay, great, I'm sorry, I, I didn't know the speed limit was, I didn't see the sign, sorry. But when you do see the sign and you speed and you get a ticket for 280 bucks, you're angry with yourself. And that can manifest itself in many, many ways. So from a human standpoint, this story that was several thousand years ago really resonates with a lot of truth uh, about today in our walk you know, our, our Christian walk, because again, we're counted righteous, yet we do mess up, but the Lord is still faithful and just. But there are some things that we do have to suffer with and consequences, you know? And so that's just something that's interesting. Let's jump back to 15 here. Yeah, which 15? Good. We're going to go to Jonah 15. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so let's kind of, let's look in chapter 15 of, of 1 Kings. 
we're back there now. Um, but it's really, it's really, it's really wrapping up. Um, we'll wrap it up. So, uh, so now at verse 23, uh, actually, yeah, verse 23. Now the rest of the acts of Asa, all his might and all that he did and the cities that he built, are they not written in the book of Chronicles? Well, we just read some of the stuff he did in the kings of Judah. But his old, and here it says again, but in his old age, he was diseased in his feet. And Asa slept with his fathers and was buried uh, with his fathers in the city of David, his father. Jehoshaphat, his son, uh, reigned in his place. And I think the next section here is Nadab. And it kind of talk. It, it's basically like, remember that news story? It's like, okay, we're talking about King Ace in the south and back to you, so-and-so, up in the north, and let's see what's going on in the north. That's kind of what, what happens in the rest of the chapter. And I think I'm going to let Greg tackle that when he returns next week because it's not. It's just that I, I think there's a, almost an appropriate conclusion to 15 within this. We're gonna st- I want to stay in the south and stay with Asa and keep, continue talking about that. So as a recap tonight, we may end a little early, but as a recap, there's three major things I want to look at that we, that we looked at tonight. Um, the first being that I think there's a lot of wisdom in uh, what was said earlier about when the word of the Lord is given, whether it's through us reading the word of the Lord or us hearing the word of the Lord from, from a pastor or someone that uh, ha- has something to say to you that is from the word of God, not just some kind of harebrained thing. Those types of things can, can really give us courage as it did with Asa. And it really uh, empowered him to do the things that he did. And so I think it's important that we, we listen to people and we, uh, you know, we always look for takeaways in Bible studies or takeaways in sermons. And sometimes they're there and sometimes you know, as the Holy Spirit works, we hear something and, and it, we get convicted by something. And I think it's important that we listen to those things. And as we're reading and studying the Word of God, I think it's important that we, we always pray when you read the Word of God, don't just kind of, you know, go like this. Okay, Lord, what do you have for me today? Oh, and Judas went and hung himself, you know, <laughs> you know like you don't, don't do those things. Like actually pray over something, stay in a particular passage. If you're just kind of troubled, go to the Psalms, you know, the Psalms are so the Psalms are beautiful, and I've told people before, I've gone through the Psalms, and they're something that it's, the, the book of Psalms is, a, is just a, a way that we can see how we relate to the Lord and, he, and, and David's, uh, how his interactions with God as he's going through trial. It's a wonderful place to land if you've just got nowhere else to go. But as you read and before you read, pray that the Holy Spirit illuminates that text for you. Don't just kind of randomly read through it and check it off your list. Like, and the more we do that and the more we, we learn from these things, I think the more open we are to being encouraged in, in something we do and a decision we're going to make. Those things are really important. So the courage part of it. The second thing we looked at tonight is how when things, when we try to do things on our own, we can see how things can go. You know, things can go south if we try to push through that home mortgage without really using any of godly wisdom or any morality, or we try to get a business deal going and set aside God's morals from his moral framework, because the will of God in our lives is not as complicated as it can, as we try to make it out to be. We try to, oh Lord, you know, give me a fleece, do, make it, give me a sign. Uh, and sometimes he does, sometimes it's very clear, but the will of God, and I was telling my daughter this, this earlier uh, yesterday, is as we walk within our lives, we remain in godly wisdom 
living our lives within the wisdom and the moral framework that God's given us in His Word, and we just simply move forward, and things will happen, and doors will close and doors will open, but it's not as mysterious as people make it out to be. As long as we're living within the moral framework that the Lord has given us through His Word and using godly wisdom, then we just move forward. If, if you, tomorrow you say, you know, you know if, if Lou goes and she says, I'm gonna, guess what? I'm gonna, I feel like I want to get a Ferrari, you know. I don't know if that's really godly wisdom, you know, but it might be. So it, we have to make sure that whatever we do, we're, we're in that framework of those things. And we see what happens when we go out on our own. And that's exactly what, uh, what King Asa did, even though he was a good king. And so even though we're righteous and we're forgiven, uh, we do know that we, need to, we should always consult the Lord, pray over things, ask the Lord where he's going first, and, and try to be a part of what he's doing. If we had it our way, I would love to just go buy a building and have for fear Bible fellowship and I don't, you know, but God has something for us and someday we'll have a building. But if we rush into something on our own, then we can see that there might be consequences. So we always want to be, we always want to step back a little bit and allow God to go before us while we consult and pray. And we see that all throughout the, the Samuel and, and, and all that stuff, what King David did. So uh, finally, the last thing, uh, we could see that, our that there are consequences to sins. And sometimes we just have to live through them. Sometimes there's divorce. Sometimes people have had uh, have done things in their past. And there are things that, that we carry on in our lives that are consequences of those things. We are still righteous, but we need to understand that because we have things that happen that might be from a sin, that doesn't mean we're being punished by the Lord. We are to, to try to live godly lives, but sometimes things do happen and that's just the way life is. And so it's really important to, that we, I think in saying all that, I don't want to leave on a bad note. Yes, there will be consequences, but we are forgiven. We are under the new covenant. We are counted as righteous. And there's nothing, yeah, there's exactly, there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Nothing at all. And so we know that that's a given, Right. So there might be things that are troubling in life and, and things do happen, but, uh, but when you really think about it, it's really all that really matters is that we're, we're His, right? That we have a hope, that, we, that we're counted. I, I still can't fathom the great exchange. How are my sins put on Christ and His righteousness given to me? I don't get that, but I accept it and I believe it because the Lord says it, it's true. So maybe the message in that is not necessarily that there will be consequences for our sins, but even if there are, we are forgiven and we're given a, a great amount of hope that we can take each day forward, living in His will, in His path, in His comfort. He's a good shepherd and He'll never leave us or forsake us, you know. So, um, so that's kind of it tonight. I, I just think it was a, an interesting passage to see how someone who, who finally was counted as righteous in the, in, in the eyes of the Lord who was right, still had some mess-ups, even till his dying day with his gout in his feet trying to resist. I think there's a lesson in that, uh, but at the same time, it's kind of comforting to know that um, we are under the new covenant and uh, not the old covenant. So we don't have to go out and make an animal sacrifice every time we do something wrong. So, um, but it's, it's, I'm going to leave it at that. I don't want to go too much further. I think Pastor Greg's going to pick up next week and take it forward from there. Um, but it's been a, a wonderful pleasure teaching and I enjoy this. And um, so let's go ahead and close in prayer, okay? All right. Father God, we thank you for this day, Lord. Uh, there's so much in this text 
um, uh, about courage and, and listening to you, Lord, and, and for, for uh, the, the message and the, um, just the instruction on that, how we should consult you always in everything we do, Lord, from the small things to the great things, Father, because if we do not and we go out on our own, Lord, things can happen. Uh, but Lord, we know that even if things do happen from our failures or our, uh, our trying to rush through things, Lord, that you're still good, you're still understanding, you're a loving Father, as, as uh, Marshall uh, spoke on this past weekend, that you are loving. It's one of your greatest attributes, Father, and we take great comfort and rest in that, Father. Uh, Lord, go with us tonight as we uh, leave here. Keep us safe, Father, and uh, Lord, bring us together again on Sunday. Uh, to gather and worship you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm.